Introducing the All-in-One Online Business Platform with Teresa Heath-Waring. Welcome to Martech Stacked, episode number three. Brought to you by Content Cow. Plan, collaborate on, approve, and publish your content in one simple and intuitive calendar interface. This is Martech Stacked, the weekly show that delves into the what, which, why, and how of marketing technology. I'm your host, David Bain, and each episode I'll be chatting with a top marketer or a top technologist about what Martech they use, which are their top tools, why they use the tools that they do, and how they integrate everything together as part of their overarching content marketing strategy and Martech stack. Joining me today is a lady whose aim is to make social media simple. She helps her clients to make sense of all the social media options available to them, better manage their time on social media, and find the right social media tools and tactics for them. Welcome, Teresa Heath-Waring. Thank you for having me, David. It's a pleasure to be here. Great to have you here. Of course, you can find Teresa over at TeresaHeathWaring.com. So, Teresa, explain what your business does and how you use marketing technology to make it better. So, I guess uh, to help explain that question, I should explain I've been doing marketing for a very long time, about 16 years now. Did my degree 16 years ago and what I did in marketing then and what I do now are two very different things. And that is pretty much solely down to the technology that's available to us today that wasn't around when I did my degree. So what I do today is I help small businesses through an online academy and through a 90-day program basically learn how they can use marketing, how they can use digital marketing and social media to help promote their business, but in a way that is not overwhelming or time consuming or, you know, a lot of sort of triggers come up when people have to do this stuff and they have to do their marketing. So I try and do it in a really straightforward, nice, easy, simple way, but ultimately with the goal to help them grow their businesses. Wonderful. And um, technology specifically, how would you say in general you use technology and what areas of your business is technology most important? Is it to try to drive initial inquiries or people to your website? Is it um, with a view to the flow from people viewing your content to hopefully becoming customers or something else? Do you know what? It's everything. It's every single <laughs> step of my entire business is now pretty much 100% reliant on technology. I can't run a single thing. It was funny when uh, the lockdown happened and lots of people had to work from home and they were struggling. I suddenly realised how prepared I was for this without even knowing because everything I had, everything I did, my entire business from people finding me, from people getting to know me, people watching me online, to now doing uh, talks online. I'm a speaker and I used to speak all around the world. And now I get to speak to lots of people, but through a screen. So right the way through to how I serve my audience and how I actually make money is entirely through technology and through some of these amazing tools that we've got that we can now use. That's funny, actually. That's that's a common theme so far. I've only um, recorded a few episodes of the show so far, and I've spoken to Lucas Zelesny, the um, top SEO and social media consultant, and I've also spoken to Mark Asquith, and both of them are saying 
we've set up our businesses already in a way that actually is was ready for this. Um, yeah. It's it, it's ready because we're we have our home offices, we have we're comfortable using the technology already, and the challenges that people must face that are uh, ducking and diving to try to get everything in place and learn how to produce content and how to come across well online that haven't really done it before must be quite significant. Um, so, so obviously you're saying that you're using technology an awful lot in just about every area of your business. Mm. Maybe dial it back, say, five years ago or so then. Um, what areas of your business did you focus on in first? Or what, what are the categories of technology that you tried to implement initially? So I think initially... Uh, when I think right back when I started, it was kind of some real basic stuff, which I still use to this day, but it was things like schedulers for social media. That would have been one of the very first things I introduced. Um, having a website, using social media, they were the things that I did back then. But in all honesty, I don't think I used even a tenth of what I use today in terms of different systems for different things. I didn't have my team back then and my team is and has always been virtual. So there are many different ways in which we communicate. And actually it was Katie, my original, uh, my very first team member who came on board, who actually helped me with all this in, in the sense of almost showing me the light of what was available. Because at that time, my business was very local. I would do a lot of networking. I would go meet people. And like, that sounds like a crazy prospect right now. But, you know, you'd go into their businesses and have conversations, even to the point where, you know, I might have even printed off a proposal to take to someone, you know, whereas now that just seems absolutely ludicrous that you would even do those things. So really, she was quite instrumental that, that got me knowing that the, there was this way of working that meant we didn't have to sit in the same room as each other, that meant I could do things so much more efficiently and we could keep track of each other way more efficiently. I think the key thing is now that most people uh, who do business are comfortable with going face to camera and jumping on video. Mm. If you go back even five years, that wasn't the case at all. I remember starting off um, a previous podcast, Digital Marketing Radio in 2014. I think for the first one and a half years or so, maybe two years, I didn't do it on video. And it was quite normal just to go on and record an audio podcast. I interviewed people like John Lee Dumas, just audio only. It was completely the, the mm. normal way to do things. You didn't turn your camera on. It was kind of uncomfortable turning your camera on. Yeah. But I guess because it's normal now for most people, then that's more able to replace that face-to-face -face relationship. Do, do, do you think cameras and video conferencing can actually replace to a certain degree that face-to-face -face contact? Do you know what was really funny is when I brought Katie on, she actually didn't live that far away from me. And she was like, right, so we'll have regular Skype, because we use Skype then, not Zoom, we use mm. Zoom now, regular Skype calls. And I was like, what? You live literally like 20 minutes down the road. Why wouldn't we meet in person? And she's like, no, it doesn't mm. work like that. I'm a virtual assistant. We have calls. And I remember thinking, oh, I don't think I'm going to like this. And I was <laughs> gobsmacked, right? I was so surprised that Actually, because I am a very people person, I am very personable, I like to meet people, I'm very touchy-feely, I love a hug, and I was really surprised how good that was, how connected you can be on a screen, and, and for me, although 
I have to say during uh, the period of where we're all locked in and, and can't go anywhere, it is exhausting sometimes to be on a screen all the time. Mm. I actually think it is the next best thing. Obviously, I love to meet people in person, but seeing someone's face, seeing how they're being... And I always record my podcast with the screen on. Even though I don't use the video, I do it because I like to see them and I like to read yes. them and pick up on those social cues and pick up on what you know when they're about to pause or when they're about to say something. So... I actually think it's a great, great alternative to meeting in person. Absolutely. I actually quite like watching shows on YouTube, which are essentially podcasts, but not officially podcasts if they're mm. published on YouTube, uh, I presume. But when you watch and you see people's reactions, as you say, you can actually get a feel for what they're thinking rather than yeah. actually just hear, hear the words themselves. And it's great to, to occasionally look at the screen and then walk away and then just, just see someone's reaction to, to, to a question. You, you mentioned Skype there as well. They've certainly, I feel, missed, missed a bit of a trick because they were such an important tool five to mm. ten years ago. And it just feels that they haven't evolved that much. And, of course, Zoom's come along and uh, almost taken the whole market now. They're yeah. being used all over the place by everyone at the moment. So, But um, yeah. talking about specific technologies, let, let's try and get very specific about the ones that you actually use. So... Starting off with number three, which are the top three tools in your current market, uh, MarTech stack and why? So firstly, I want to say this was so hard because I use so many tools, uh, but I think I've whittled them down to a good three. So <laughs> number three, oddly enough, considering you've already mentioned Mark Asquith, is actually Captivate. So right. Captivate is the system I use to host my podcast and it's Mark Asquith's baby. So yes, that's my number three. <laughs> well, he'll certainly be happy to hear that. But it's, it, he's he's done a, a a lovely job with um with podcasting over the last few years. He, it just seems that uh, Mark has just become a Goliath in the podcasting world within the last mm. couple of years or so. He's just done such a great job. You even just go into the platform to begin with, and it's a pleasure to use. I I, I love technology that actually feels enjoyable to use. You 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 jump onto several Martech platforms and you think. Ugh. I don't yeah. really want to be on here. It doesn't feel nice to use, so you don't end up using it. Maybe that's a mistake. I'm not sure, but um, mm. um, perhaps the tool's just got to be good looking. Yeah, and I honestly, I think there are some tools out there that are very good. And when I moved from Libsyn to Captivate, there were things that I missed about Libsyn from a, a you know a kind of functionality point of view, especially on the reporting side. I'm an absolute demon for looking at my stats and stuff. So. There were some things that I felt Captivate lacked at the time. They are constantly changing and updating and it's fabulous. But the thing that was so lovely is the user sort of side of it and the look and the feel. And I know that sounds like a really lame thing to say that when you use technology, it should be about the functionality and about the the how clever it is. But actually for me, if it's not nice to look at and if it's not you know, user-friendly and beautiful looking, then I can't engage with it. And and for yeah. me, you know, and I'm, I'm, this is not me saying bad stuff about Libsyn, but for me that it just didn't cut it. And every time I went in there, like you said, I went in and was like, Ugh. like it, it didn't, I didn't feel naturally in there. Like I wanted to spend time in there and look around and do things. Um, also like, just uploading stuff. I never did it then. I had a team member who did it, but I, I upload my own podcast in Captivate because it's so easy. So for me, 
they just took a need that was being fulfilled, but they did it in a, such a nice and pretty way, which I know sounds ridiculous, but it, it is pretty. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. It's, it's, it's a key part of it. Um, yeah, I, I've had a conversation with Mark, obviously, about um, the hosting of this podcast, um, Martech Stacked, as well, um, because we're recording episode three at the moment. So I haven't even got it uploaded to a podcast host yet. Now, I've used Libsyn for years as, as, mm-hmm. as well, um, but it's it's highly likely that I'll use Captivate uh, for this particular show. Um, the reason being is, you know, I, I th- it's, it's definitely got um well i've got a good relationship with mark but um mm. it's it's definitely seems to be a nicer platform to use um the key question for me was um content cow um don't use wordpress and so there's no mm. uh, there's not going to be a, a native plugin to get the show up and running on there so my question was okay can i quite easily within captivate select the permalink that i want to use for each show episode and obviously the the home url because within the rss feed i want to ensure that um it's seo friendly to content cow and um, certainly that seems to be the case so that that was that that was the main question that i wanted to mm. cover but it must be a challenge for a marketing technology just to um, think of all the questions that people have yeah. and to try to incorporate all their wishes and desires within the platform. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it was it was funny little things that I was like, are you going to be doing this? Because it was like you get used to something. I got used to seeing my stats in a certain way or, mm. or showed me a month or by this type or that type. But like you said, it's like an absolute minefield in terms of, every possible option for every possible thing that someone might want. I d- Honestly, my hat goes off to anybody that builds technology because I don't even know how they even start this stuff. I think it's phenomenal. So that was your choice number three. What's your yeah. number two MarTech tool? Okay, so number two, I know some people are going to be like, really? But honestly, I love it. And it's got to be Canva, right? And I know mm. that some people are going to be sat there going, Canva really is like, could you not think of something more smarter or cleverer? But honestly, I think what Canva have done and what Canva give uh, small businesses today is massive. I think it's a tool. And you know, one of the, the ways I looked at what tools I use is, you know, when you're going to, I use Google Chrome and you have the, the home buttons of the things that you go into all the time. That's what I looked at. You know, what am I going into every single day? And Canva is something we go into every single day. Me, the team use it. I recommend it to everybody. And I just think the, like I said, the option that it's given people now as business owners to come up with amazing stuff for their businesses I think is phenomenal. It's a lovely, easily, easy way to share online as well. You, you keep on mentioning your team as well. And of course, you can give your team access to everything mm-hmm. that you're doing as well. And if you use something that's, um, that, that's, that's quite high end, Photoshop or, or, or something like that, then obviously they've got to have the technology. They've got to really understand the technology as well. Mm-hmm. But with something like Canva, they can go in there and, and very quickly become an expert at using it. Yeah. And, and that's, 
the kind of key thing really because I do have a designer on the team and I remember for ages like he would be because he's one of the only people who comes and sits and works with me which is really odd I've known him for a long long time but he literally comes to my home and we sit and work in the same place and um Mm. and he would be designing something that I'd ask him to do and I'd say to him because what I want to do when you finish design that is I want to take it into Canva and I want to do this and he used to literally like rib me something terrible like (laughs) this Canva is awful. What are you doing? Like you're pretending to be a designer and we'd be laughing about it. And then one day after several months, I hasten to add, he was sat with me and I was doing something in Canva and he through gritted teeth actually said, it's pretty good actually, isn't it? And I was like, yes, it's really good. So I use it in conjunction with using my designer. So what he will do is whenever, because I can use InDesign, I'm not very good at Photoshop and Illustrator, I'm not great at And we do have the Adobe Suite and he does. But what we tend to do is he will create something for me and then I will get him to give me every single element of that creation as a transparent PNG. And then I will upload everything into Canva. I will create or recreate what he's designed and then we duplicate it. Because in all seriousness, I couldn't afford, and I don't know many people who could, a designer to create every social media post you have to do or come up with all the little quirky things you need to do when you've got an online academy or every single presentation or every whatever so for me canva really is a brilliant way in terms of doing getting that initial design so you've got someone who's got an eye because that's the other thing that i do worry about with canva is that people go in and they go mad and it's like no 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 you know use your brand colors don't go crazy on all the different amazing stuff it can do you still need an eye for it. But if you've got someone that you can work with who can give you those elements, you can easily replicate things. And the other thing that's amazing about Canva is you can get all these different designs and templates and suggestions. And 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 now they're doing things like GIFs and videos. And I just think they've, they got in at a time that was a really good time for them. And I know there's others that have tried to get in as well that haven't hit the market like Canva did. But they've just created something that like you said is easily transferable easily you know easy to use you can get hold of it anywhere and you really don't need to have I mean if anybody's ever tried to do anything in photoshop honestly this is like doing another degree because it's really really tricky so I just think Canva's done an amazing job and we use it constantly yeah, I mean, the thing about Photoshop or a software like that is it, it, it's incredible what you can do, but you almost have to be focusing in on that piece of software full time to to, mm. to get everything you can out of it. I, I love transparent PNGs as well. And I think what you said about um, setting up brand templates is key. You can set up some beautiful brand templates um, that um, then just, just any layperson can pick up and, and add a few photos other images or, or pieces of text mm. to them um, to, to make them very personalized but but key and memorable to, to your brand as well mm. a few months ago I was really fortunate to interview Guy Kawasaki and um, Guy Kawasaki is a brand evangelist for Canva and he's had a, an extensive background for Apple and other massive brands but he was saying that finally towards the tail end of my life I, I have become a brand evangelist for a company that actually is just incredible and all I have to do is just 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 be there and just just help a little bit and um, people 
visit the page as a, perhaps as a, a result of me sharing it, but they stick with it and they love it. Yeah. You can't be a brand evangelist for a brand that, that isn't like that. And I remember, you know, I've, you, you said that you've had 16 years of marketing experience in the past. I've, I've been a marketer for a fairly lengthy time myself as well. And I've, I've certainly marketed for brands that aren't quite so popular in the past as well. Okay. And, and that, that's, that was a challenge historically, but it's become almost impossible now. Because if you try and market a brand or a product that just isn't that popular, you can drive traffic to it, but whenever they sign up or they have the product experience, they're going to write negative reviews and not use the product. So it almost does a, a negative service to the brand. Yeah, absolutely right. And I think that is that is so the truth. You could have the best marketing in the world, but if your product or service is terrible, then good luck to you because you're going to have a real hard trouble doing anything with it. So for me, like you said, what Canva's done is they have an amazing product. And when people go in and use it, they want to go in and use it again, and they use it again, and they use it again. And that's just purely down to them and how how they've obviously identified the need for something like them. And then they've gone and done it brilliantly. So I think, yeah, they're amazing. Absolutely. Well, Canva's number two, though. What's uh, number one? So number one for me is Kajabi. Mm. So... If you've not heard of Kajabi, basically uh, Kajabi is like an all-in-one. So before I used Kajabi, I used things like Infusionsoft for my email systems and for funnels. I used lead pages for my landing pages. I used Wishlist Member for my membership side. I used, obviously, pro payment processors. I used lots of different systems, and I was really... Um, nervous to go to Kajabi. And can I tell you the story about how I joined Kajabi? Because it's yeah, quite funny. Go for it. So basically, I knew of Kajabi, but it was quite a lot of money. And I was like, oh, I don't know. And, and I was really happy with Infusionsoft and lead pages. I love lead pages. I was really happy with these other systems. And I knew that Kajabi did everything, but I wasn't keen. And even though I was part of James Wedmore's Next Level Group, and he's a huge fan of it, I still wasn't keen in terms of moving to it. And I didn't want to move everything because I've got everything set up. Anyway, Kajabi put on a conference last year, so back in 2019, and the lineup for the conference was unbelievable. Like literally the who's who in digital marketing. So you had the likes of Rachel Hollis, Brendan Bruchard, you had James Wedmore, Amy Porterfield, Jasmine Starr. You literally had the most amazing people there. Um, so I wanted to go to the conference, but to go to the conference, you had to be a customer. So I actually signed up for Kajabi for a month trial, bought my ticket for the conference and then cancelled. <laughs> So I didn't even stick with the program and oh. stick with it then. So I turned up at this conference and it was in Irvine in California and I turned up and everyone there was a customer, obviously, because you had to be a customer to get a ticket. And I said to them, well, what if I cancel? And they said, that's fine, as long as you're a customer when you buy the ticket. So... I got there and everyone was a Kajabi customer and they loved Kajabi. Like the team were amazing. The the owner was unbelievable. The founders were brilliant. The people who came on stage and talked about the support that Kajabi had given them. Literally, it was like for three days, I just sat in this room of everybody going, this 
tool is amazing. And also no one was selling it because everyone there was a customer. So it wasn't like they were doing a selling job on me or anything like that. So I left, signed up and started to move everything across. But basically Kajabi does everything. So it looks after my emails. It sends my emails for me. It does my sequences. It creates my landing pages. It does my opt-in forms. It hosts my membership. So my membership and my courses are all hosted on Kajabi. It does my payment processor. It does my checkout page. It even could do my own website, although I do have my site through WordPress. So for me, it's when you look at having all those different systems that do all those things, I love the fact that one system does it all. So actually, although it might look expensive, by the time you look at the price against having all the individual stuff. And the thing that I hate the most is trying to get stuff to talk to each other. So mm. that is so hard. And I am not the most techie person in the world. So I like simplicities, hence why I like things like Cambering, Captivate, because they're not like... They're not built for techie people. They're built for, I was going to say ordinary people, but that sounds so wrong. But they're built <laughs> for people who that is not their world. So for me, that's what I liked about having Kajabi, that I didn't have to suddenly try and use Zapier to, to do something or, you know, try and get those two systems to talk to each other and then try and work out how this all fits together. So it took, and I'm not even kidding, it took about two whole weeks full time for one of the team to move everything from everywhere else to Kajabi to recreate mm. the landing pages, to recreate the sequences. It was an absolute job and a half to do. But that was because at that point I was well into using the other systems. I had a lot of uh, lead magnets. I had lots of sequences. I had lots of different things going on. So when we moved, it was hard work. But I have to say... I just love everything about them, really. I, I They're not the best email platform in the world. They're not the best landing page system in the world. And there are others. But if you want one that does it all, then for me, that's what I wanted. And I wanted me to be able to do it. So if I wanted something changing in the academy, I could go in and change it without any difficulty. If I wanted to upload some more content, I could do it. So it was really about me having hands-on control, having everything in one place and having a, a system where and this is what's really interesting because actually Content Cal are really similar in the sense of they have an amazing team. They have lovely people. And I like working with lovely people. So for me, Kajabi did exactly the same. They had a lovely team, lovely people. Their support's great. Even things like, so they have a, a Kajabi hero program where as you sell more and you earn money on the platform, because obviously they can see because it's going through the payment processor, they give you, you hit certain points. So when you earn your first thousand dollars, they send you out something. When you hit 10,000, they send you something. When you hit 50,000, they send you something else. And the same with when you get people to sign up for the program, when you get people to sign up to uh, Kajabi, they send you something because you got someone to sign up, as well as the fact that you get an affiliate commission as well. But I'm I'm a big fan of, I'm really honest about the stuff I use. I'm really honest about the good and the bad and the, you know, why you'd want to use it. And if you have an online program or want to take online business seriously, like through a course or a membership or a coaching program, then Kajabi Honestly, I've used so many things and, and for me, Kanjabi just has it all. And they are constantly adding stuff to the system. They 
work so hard to make sure that they're going to be one of the best out there. So for me, that had to be my number one. I'm sure you've sold quite a few people and at least the, the possibility <laughs> of checking it out. I, I've known of Kajabi for quite a while, actually. Uh, I haven't really test driven the software, but uh, I, I um, kind of grew up in the internet marketing world of um, the early 2000s. So uh, I'm aware of um, people like John Rees, um, people like Brad Fallon and people like Andy Jenkins. Now, Brad Fallon and Andy Jenkins used to run um, a brand called Stompernet. And um, mm. that was a set of internet marketing training from probably about 15 years ago or so. And they used to do massive, incredible conferences. I went to one in Atlanta, Georgia, back in about 2008, 2009 or so. And Andy Jenkins, I believe, actually went on to found Kajabi. Now, <laughs> from what I understand, I don't think he's with Kajabi anymore. I, I haven't, uh, yes. obviously, <laughs> wasn't where you're going this to talk, talk about this. But do you, so I, I believe that other people are running the business now. It's, it's great to hear that the software is a pleasure to use. I think the, the main concern that I would have is what happens if the software doesn't progress, doesn't evolve, yeah. and you become unsatisfied with it? Would you be scared of actually having to move away from Kajabi? Um, it's funny because, like I said, there are elements uh, of the system that there are better versions of it, but it's just standalone products. So I think... For where I am in my business right now, for how much control I want on it, Kajabi's wonderful and I love it. And I know it can grow because the likes of James Wedmore and Amy Porterfield and Jasmine Starr use it and they are huge and have thousands and thousands of people in their programs. For me, if I wanted to move, it would be a job. It's not to say I wouldn't do it. It's not to say I wouldn't move from a platform if it didn't progress because... I think when I look at, um, so like, let's take the membership guys, for instance, their membership, they do a lot of stuff bespoke for their own membership because they, you know, Mike can build stuff. So he has the ability to control exactly what goes into his own membership. And I do look at their membership and think, oh, that is cool. I would like to have that, that one day where I can have that much control over it. But mm. I have to say the updates that they're doing, and as long as they continue to do this, and as long as they continue to um, stick by what they've said and continue going along the path they're going, then I honestly think they will constantly keep up with the changes that are happening. So they already have an app. They already have the ability to turn our, um, to turn our programs, our courses and memberships into an app. Um, it's not something I'm using right now, but they are doing that. They have recognized that their email system is not and it's nowhere near as fancy as something like Infusionsoft. But to be honest, I used to use probably a tenth of what Infusionsoft could do. So yes. actually, when I look at Kajabi, Kajabi can do everything I need it to do and do it well. So, but they're going to progress that. They've changed the way that you build your landing pages. They've given you a lot more functionality in that. And again, that's so much better. But it's not drag and drop like lead pages. So I think as well, the other thing about any technology is you've got to get in there and you've got to use it. And then suddenly you get to a point or you should get to a point where you're like, yeah, get it. Granted, it was different from what I used to use before. And it took, uh, so Paul, who did the transfer and I, 
when we were going through it, he was so frustrated because he'd be looking at it like, oh, I want it just to do this because this is what lead pages used to do and it doesn't. And I'd be like, I know, that's really annoying. And strangely, I took someone through it the other day. One of the 90 day program clients, she is using Kajabi and she got really stuck. And I was like, do you know what? Let's get on a call. I know I can show you how to do this in like 10 minutes. So we got on a call and she's like, but why does it do that? That's so irritating. And I'm like, I know, but it just is the way it is. But it's just what you're used to. So mm. if, you, if you're serious about this and you haven't used anything yet, then great. You are in for a treat because you're not going to know any different. But if you have used other systems, it does take a while to get used to it. But it's the same way as, gosh, when I first got Infusionsoft, oh man. It was so difficult. I literally, it made my head hurt on a flipping hourly basis. I think most people or many people I've heard have said that about that particular brand. Uh, have they not changed their brand as well recently? Yeah, it's Keep. Uh, it's Infusionsoft by yeah. Keep now. So okay. yeah, because um, obviously they were dubbed Confusionsoft for a very long time. Mm. So maybe that's one of the reasons. But But it's an amazing platform. And if you get it, oh my goodness, you are like you can do some phenomenal stuff. But the thing was, I wasn't doing that because I didn't need that level of detail. Um, and actually where Kajabi is and where they're going, I think they will keep up with my needs. But the thing that I think will make me move is if I get to a point where I want to completely bespoke everything in terms of my membership and any of the programs I have online, and that will come down to look and feel because I'm, which is why I won't put my website with them, which is why I have my website on WordPress. Because even though you can have your website through Kajabi, and again, if you're starting out, literally, you know, the most amazing tool for you to use because it does everything. Um, but for me, I like the fact that I have more control over how it looks and feels in WordPress. So I won't be moving just as of yet. Uh, I think, uh, maybe in the future, but uh, not now. Yeah, this is the kind of question that's also, uh, I guess, op to a certain degree open to interpretation and depending on a specific business's needs and the background of whoever happens to be using the software or the business owner. Um, so maybe listener or viewer, wherever you're watching this, what is your preference? Is your preference to have very specific individual pieces of software mm. for each task and to try to get the best piece of software for that task or to try and limit the the quantity of software that you use within your business or marketing department and um, to perhaps set things up um, to make it more more scalable but mm. by doing that? it's um, I, I think there are pros and cons with different ways, but it's, it's, it's good to get different perspectives on that. I, I'd like to just move on to just getting a quick understanding also of your current content marketing strategy and uh, mm. how you, your tools that you use actually integrate with that. So it's, it's possibly going back to Canva here. So uh, j just as an overview, what is your current content marketing strategy in terms of what type of content you publish, where you publish it, and obviously the tools that you use to support that particular strategy? Yeah, so obviously content for me is huge and I publish a lot of content on social media. Now I have my podcast that comes out every single Monday and uh, obviously I put that through Captivate and that gets also uh, scheduled everywhere through social media. 
So that really is my main core content, but the rest of my content is social media content and I'm scheduling it through Agora Pulse. Um, it's something I've used for quite a while now and I'm very honest about the fact that I was given Agora Pulse and it's wonderful and I really, really enjoy it. Um, and basically what that allows me to do is be very active. So I will schedule like seven to nine tweets a day. I will schedule... Uh, two posts on LinkedIn, two posts on Facebook. You know, I'm very active on Instagram stories, which I don't schedule. I do them obviously ad hoc and as I feel like it. Um, strangely, the one place I don't schedule is Instagram feed and I'm terrible. Like seriously, I haven't posted for days and I'm really cross with myself and I, it's like a constant kind of, uh, there's like a wall in something going on, but, um, I need to get over that and I need to just get on and post, but because I don't schedule. So for me, without scheduling content, I would never post. So I literally sat down at the beginning of the year and spent about six hours solidly creating stuff in Canva, coming up with what I wanted to say about it, evergreen stuff, obviously, and putting it in to my scheduler so that it could go out as and when I needed it. I've never loved Instagram, actually. And I've, I've tended to post more frequently or enjoyed Twitter or LinkedIn more. Mm. Do, you, do you think it's a mistake as a marketer not to embrace as many social media platforms as possible? Do you know what? If you're not a marketer, then I tell you, you only do one or two. You do the ones that you love, where your customers are, and that you find easy, because otherwise it's hell on earth trying to do all this content. For a marketer, though, in this space, how could I not? How could I not be on every platform? I feel like I need to have a presence on every platform. Now, there are some... Are you on TikTok? I'm... No. <laughs> <laughs> and, I'm not. and I am rebelling and rebelling and rebelling against it because the problem is I have a daughter who's 10 and a stepson who's 17 and they're on TikTok and they show me these videos and without being mean I sit there and I'm like I could not give a damn about these people dancing because I'm an old lady compared to them so for me I I think if I did go on TikTok which I can't see happening anytime soon. But if I did, it would be videos of me telling people what to do in terms of content or marketing or whatever. It would not be me doing crazy dances with my kids. Because uh, one, they would not want to be in a video with me. And two, that's not me. Like, if you come around my house and we have a gin, then maybe at some point <laughs> I might do a crazy dance. But the me doing that online is never going to happen. So I love the strap line this. on your website. The strap line on your website says, um, I'm British and I love tea and by tea I mean gin. Yes. Yes, <laughs> exactly. In fact, I'm the only British person I know who doesn't like tea. Uh, so if you see me drinking tea, it's definitely a gin. It's not tea at all. Um, but yeah, so I just, yeah, that platform I'm not on. So I take it back actually because I say I'm on every platform. I'm not on TikTok. But you I just am never on know in a year's time. Because uh, I remember talking to a top marketer um, who maybe remain na nameless at the moment back in early 2008, <laughs> and they said something like, "Oh, this Twitter thing. This is just a um, just. I don't know why anyone would want to waste time on that." But that's they're, hilarious. They're they spend a lot of time on Twitter nowadays. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> and that's the thing. I don't want to almost rule it out, but I just think where I am and what I do at the moment. 
it doesn't fit. I can't see how I'd create consistent content for it without adding a whole lot of work to my world. And I'm not at that point, at this point, I'm not ready to put that time in. If and when it gets to the point, or if I can process it and get one of the team to do it. So let's say, for instance, we get to the point where we start using the podcast recordings as things to go on TikTok. Then if I can literally say to a team member, okay, now I want a video and this is the process. I want you to take this, do this, do this, put it on TikTok. Great, thanks. Then maybe that's how I'll appear on TikTok. But I don't, it's got to be in a processing. I can't see how I would create something brand new content wise for it. Um, at this time, I just don't have the time to do it. And I think, and also for me, the other platforms suit me better and work better for me. So my two favourites are Twitter and Instagram because I like the fact that I can reach out and have conversations. And and I am my ego is holding back from using TikTok because I can see people are going, look how many followers I got, look how much engagement I got, look how much, you know, and and it would be my ego that would want that. And I that's why I need to step back and go, not yet, because actually I need to look at, is it going to bring, bring me in any customers? So just to finish up our conversation, is there a piece of marketing technology or perhaps not a piece of marketing technology, perhaps um, something that doesn't exist yet? And you've got some kind of process in your business at the moment that you would want to automate, but you just feel that you can't automate because the functionality isn't out there or you haven't found it um, to be able to bring in that automation, that, that piece of technology to do the task that you want to do. Um, so perhaps is there a piece of marketing technology that needs to be created to solve a frustration that you currently currently got in your business? Oh, that's a really good question. And I don't know that I have the foresight to answer a question like that. Like I said, I am not one for building technology. I think, um, I think for me, being able to get some real data around the quality of the posts or the quality of the people online. I know I worked with quite a few businesses in the past where we've looked at influencers and we've looked at, you know, that sort of thing. And there's been some amazing technologies and showing you whether these people are true and real and that sort of thing. And they've come and gone. Um, but I would really love the platforms to be able to show that because I know without doubt, there are people out there telling people what to do and do not have the the uh, the real stats to back them up, and that worries me and frustrates me because when I tell people what to do, or when I suggest, or support, or advise, it's because I've done it, and because I've done it lots and lots of times, and I know what I'm talking about, and I don't buy followers, and I don't buy engagement, and I don't do those things, and I'm really honest about it. You know, I'm really honest if something is completely bombed, and I don't know why. Um, so for me, having sometimes I think some of the people who are the most well-known in industries, it's not because they're particularly the best or the most brilliant. It's because they shout the loudest. And therefore, to see some way of seeing their credibility would be really helpful, I think, for people to know, because otherwise they're going to follow them blindly and think, why haven't I got this? Well, you haven't got it because you haven't bought it or you haven't got it because you didn't cheat the system that way or whatever it is. So, so yeah, I think that kind of tool just to make the transparency even more would be great. Great thoughts. Thank you so much for your time and your tips today, Teresa. What's the best way for the listener to find out more about you and what you do? 
So uh, if you just go to any platform and not TikTok and type in <laughs> Teresa Heathwearing, you'll find me. Like I said, I am most often on Twitter and Instagram, or you can find me at TeresaHeathwearing.com. Wonderful stuff. Thanks again. Thank you so much, David. It's been brilliant. And thank you, dear listener, for joining us. If you haven't done so already, sign up for your free trial of Content Cal, plan, collaborate on, approve and publish your content in one simple and intuitive calendar interface. Plus check out all the other MarTech Stack Show episodes over at contentcal.io. Also, wherever you're watching or listening to this show, let us know your opinion. What are the three most important marketing technologies in your business? Let us know and we'll try and give you a shout out on a future show or maybe even have you on as a future guest. Thanks again.